Hey everyone, welcome back to Staying Connected, a podcast where I talk to other people about their stories with vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which I also have, also called VEDS. Today I have Brad with me and I'm really excited to talk with him about his story because it's so incredible. So thank you, Brad, for coming on and sharing your story. Oh, absolutely. So how were you diagnosed with VEDS? Well, so this goes back quite a few years uh, uh, back in 2012, I, I'm the oldest of three brothers, and uh, our middle brother, Tim, uh, had a, an, uh, an, not an aortic dissection, but an, uh, an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. And he went to the hospital, and uh, you know, the conventional wisdom at the time was, you know, as soon as they fixed him, let's get him up, let's get him moving. And uh, things kept popping open. And uh, at that time, there was no thought of testing for this for whatever reason. And uh, he he suffered a long time for about five weeks. And he finally succumbed to uh, an infection behind the heart due to, you know, all all these surgeries and operations that uh, he had going on. And uh, um, it wasn't until, I want to say, last year, August, my youngest brother ended up working for me. Uh, he moved up here from the Madison area. Uh, we live in a, a small town called, a uh, small village called Combined Lodge. We're about 20 miles south of um, Green Bay, uh, 80 miles north of uh, Milwaukee. But uh, he he worked for us, and he looked for a new doctor. And in that discussion to find a new doctor, he brought up my brother Tim and Jonathan had had some uh, uh, minor issues too, not minor, I shouldn't say. Uh, when he was fairly young, before 30, he had a heart attack and he mentioned that. And uh, the doctor said, you know, we should do some genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, a free uh, genetic testing clinic or whatever. And he tested and he tested positive for vets. And uh, um, then my dad went in. He got tested for VEDS and I guess, you know, went in Rome, <laughs> too, as the Romans do. So I decided, yeah, you know, l- let's go get tested. Mm-hmm. And I did. And, you know, it's one of those things where I'll be honest with you, it was not even on my radar screen. You know, it. I, I'm like, you know, what are the chances? You know, I, I forgot what the odds are, but what are the chances that, you know, both Tim and Jonathan would have it and then me? Right. And yeah. You know, just even even the, um, oh, I can't even think of a name, uh, Bobby McGivern, mm-hmm. she's a geneticist. And uh, she, she said, you know, the chances are so slim that uh, you're not. You're not. Well, uh, day before my 47th birthday, it would have been October 26th, I got the um, the call from Bobby McGivern that I I tested positive for VEDS. And uh, it was sort of a, a kick to the, you know, kick to the shorts, to be honest with you, because you go home and, you know, the worst thing you could do is, you know, look stuff up online, you know, never look up WebMD because you find out that not only are you dying, but you're already dead. <laughs> and uh, you know, so and my wife was out of town and, you know, she was in, she was in Italy at the time, I think. And uh, I, I just, I, I thought, let's attack this with a sense of humor. So I called her up and said, you know, 
life expectancy for vets is 48 years old, according to this website right here. I said, you know, it's, it's time for us to uh, start looking for a new husband for you. And <laughs> just did it that way. You know, uh, everything in our, our lives, we, we've tried to attack with a sense of humor. And uh, it's, it's helped us get through a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, that sense of humor, it's, it's just, it's the way our family is, you know, wired mm -hmm. and it's for us, it's okay to laugh. And if you can't laugh at yourself, you have no business laughing at somebody else. So, you know, that's just how we've always done it. You know, my brother, Tim, who passed away, he was the funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. And, uh, so that's just, that's just how we did it. Wow. So that was basically it for the, uh, for my diagnosis, you know. That was back in October last year? Yes. Yep. So then you had an aortic dissection not long after that, right? Yeah, almost. Okay. So um, I had, you know, let friends and family know, you know, selected few people know that I had this. So excuse me. Um, okay. My wife and my two best friends um, planned a trip for me. And uh, uh, one of my friends lives down in New Orleans. And uh, the two of us, my buddy Mike and I, flew down to meet my buddy Tony down in New Orleans. And we spent, I want to say, four days there. Just had a great time. And uh, um, this was on October second, I believe, that we went down there and we came back on October 5th. I'm sorry, December, not mm -hmm. October, December 2nd, December 5th. We came back and uh, it was the day after, it was on December 6th. Um, I woke up that morning. I owned a business for 21 years. It was a bar and grill mm -hmm. here in Pine Locks. I went to work that morning and uh, <laughs> owning a uh, a, a barn grill, a restaurant, if you will, is not a stress-free lifestyle. I will tell you that, and <laughs> you know this for you know talking to, to people with beds that you know it's uh, stress is is probably one of the things you need to avoid more than anything else. Yeah. Well, I went to work that morning, and I'll be honest, I was mad at what I saw, and my business partner and I. Uh, we had a discussion, and as I left, this these are words that will haunt me for the rest of my life. And uh, are, is this a PG show? <laughs> because I, I just like you can block this out. But I said this place will be the death of me someday. Mm -hmm. And I left, and it was about six hours later. I came home. My daughter had had her. Um, uh, wisdom teeth taken out that day so I was I sat down and we watched uh, one of my favorite movies Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey and uh, I, I love the dynamic between the father and the daughter in that movie it's just it's something beautiful and uh, so um, I sat down with my daughter and I watched that movie and we got over with my wife was cooking dinner and I said I just have to go downstairs and, and I was still angry about you know what had transpired work mm -hmm. so I went on the treadmill which I do and I started listening to my favorite podcast small town murder you're welcome for the plug guys uh, <laughs> and 
it just wasn't doing it for me. So I turned on the song Uptown Funk <laughs> and I started running and singing to it. But the more I did it, the angrier I got. <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, I felt this thing in my right leg. And I swear to God, it felt like somebody had snuck up behind me, doused my leg with lighter fluid and lit it on fire. Now, through conversations with my brother, Jonathan, I had asked him, like, what What am I looking for as far as, you know, my, am I going to tell if this happens? Yeah. And she mentioned something similar to that. So I was right away concerned. Well, a, as the moments went on, I mean, just quickly, boom, 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 I, I was losing all feeling in my leg, and I tried to, my wife and daughter were upstairs. I tried to yell out up to them, but I couldn't. And things in my head, I was having an aortic dissection. I just, for whatever reason, I knew it. Well, down in our, I was downstairs in our lower level, and we had just recently put in a, uh, a stair lift for our youngest son, Arthur, Arthur has cerebral palsy. He cannot walk, cannot talk. He's been through a tube, given I don't know, nine different meds three times a day. You know, he's he's a pretty special kid. He's mm -hmm. just incredible. Well, we just put that stair lift in, and Arthur happened to be downstairs watching a movie, and that stair lift was downstairs. I crawled onto that stair lift, and I hit the button, and it brought me upstairs slowly but surely. I got up to the top. And my wife thought I was Arthur. She went to grab, you know, came over by me. She noticed it was me, sort of laughed at me, but then I fell right in front of her and I started flopping around like a fish out of water, saying, you know, I'm in pain. Well, she dialed 911 right away. Actually, not, you know, because I'm a guy, you know, like, oh, it'll be fine. Just rub some dirt on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for it to subside, but it didn't. And uh, so she dialed, you know, 911, and the first responders were here immediately and then uh the uh, a local sheriff showed up and the sheriff's deputy was a friend of mine jim burke i used to work with him you know delivering furniture years ago mm -hmm. and she he understood that there was something else you know she's known me long enough and he got the ambulance there so fast and i don't know how he did it but by the grace of god i guess you want to say he did and that ambulance there that um, the uh, paramedics could not have been nicer. They they gave me a shot right away to ease the pain, and uh, basically, you know, we got to the got to the hospital, and uh, so I'm laying in the um, you know emergency room, mm -hmm. and they um, they weren't screwing around. They wanted to do a CT scan right away, and you know, make sure. But the one thing they wanted me to do was calm down. I couldn't stop swearing for whatever reason because <laughs> I, I knew what was happening. I just knew it. So um, so they got me in the CT scan, and he said, Sir, I need you to calm down. You know, look at me. When you see, you know, when, I'm calm right now. When you see me start to worry, then you can get worried. It was about... Four seconds later, that his face <laughs> looked like, oh, my God, this guy is dying in front of us. Oh, well, no. what was happening was my aorta was basically becoming unraveled in real time, and they were seeing it. You know, basically, it started 
from the, my leg and was working its way up. And uh, um, they, we talked about maybe flying me to um, Milwaukee, you know, airlifting me there, whatever. But uh, there was a surgeon there, Dr. Asid uh, Ali. Dr. Ali is his name. Mm -hmm. And um, he came in and said, there is absolutely no time. We will put you on that helicopter, and before we take off, you will be dead. So, you know, that decision was made right there. And he made us sign some papers, and he said we have about a 3% chance. Wow. So I looked at my wife and my two kids, Jack and Sophie, the oldest two were there, and I said I was born in this hospital. I guess I'll die here. My wife said, you're not dying today. And you're not dying tomorrow either. Oh. So. So immediately they started prepping me for surgery. And I woke up on the table. <laughs> and they had a saw in their hands. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm like, oh, oh boy. No. They put me out right out again. And uh, the surgery lasted about 12 hours. And uh, because of what they had learned, you know, from what happened to my brother and, you know, years had passed, they understood the disease more. Um, they they kept me in a an induced coma for nine days, and in that coma, I I saw my funeral. I um, you know everybody wonders you know did you see did you see a light did you see this nothing I saw was of the angelic type. <laughs> Pretty, uh, you know, uh, uh, Brimstony, if you, you know, it was pretty scary stuff. You know the stuff I saw. Um, uh, all things. My aunt Nancy was there. She kept trying to guide me toward a a light, whatever. It's it was it's surreal. You know the stories I could tell. I swore to God that Walt Disney himself was lying next to me in in my bed. Um, and the reason why is I believe. Or not, I believe. I just read a book about the life of Walt Disney right right before this happened. So what I believe is you take in all the things that you have in that situation and, and that's what that's what you're dreaming about or thinking about. Um, it, it, you know, it was around Christmas time. I believe that I was in a uh, um in a room with um Christmas trees everywhere and you know my aunt kept trying to come on let's 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 go to the door and every time we got close to the door the room would uh, move up and I would slide backwards and I could never make the door and in a way I'm glad I never did because uh, all of a sudden I started hearing voices my name being called mm -hmm. and, you know, nine days later I woke up and there was this beautiful girl sitting next to me and I had no idea who she was. And she just kept saying, it's okay. And I I thought I had caused an accident. You know, I, I could not remember what was going on. Yeah. And uh, 
I thought that I had caused harm to others. And that was the worst feeling in the world. And my wife will attest to this, that for four days in a row, she came in and it was the same story. I, I did not realize where I was. I thought I was still in New Orleans, as a matter of fact. And she had to explain to me that it wasn't my fault. I did nothing to you know, cause harm to anybody. It was just, it was surreal. As a matter of fact, I thought the last bar we were in in New Orleans was a bar called The Dungeon. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's no. like a cheesy 80s uh, rock video, heavy metal video. And uh, they say, uh, no photos, you know, no photos. Well, at the end of the night, I took a photo, and I thought these people had me killed. <laughs> I was in New Orleans. And so I kept trying to get my, and I couldn't talk. You have to understand, you know, I, had, I was incubated. You know, my throat was killing me, yeah. all this stuff. And I kept trying to tell my dad, you got to call the local sheriff and have this hospital investigated because <laughs> you know, things were so so unreal. You know, it was just, you know, one of those things. And it, I ended up in the hospital for nearly 20 days in ICU. And uh, in that time, I had, you know, I'd lost 66 pounds. You know, you just, you're not moving. You're, you, you're, you're wasting away. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I was living. So, and then um, I want to say it was one year ago yesterday, I was released from ICU and I was sent to a nursing home, which is about two miles away from where I'm actually sitting right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was beautiful because I got there and my daughter had decorated my, my room at the nursing home like it was I was at home oh. and she put up a Christmas tree and she had my quilt and my pillow that is so sweet not bad for a 16 year old girl huh <laughs> that's a pretty sweet 16 year old you better believe it so um, that's incredible yeah but it was at the nursing home to me that was the most painful thing because you know at the end of the night everybody went home and I knew my wife and kids were two miles away in our house, and I had to go to go to sleep alone every night. I hated that. How long did you have to stay there? About three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I had to learn how to walk, how to talk, how to use my hands, all that good stuff again. I was, you know, uh, that was the one thing about my, you know, the surgery it was 12 hours long i lost a lot of blood um they didn't know who was gonna come out of there yeah. it was gonna be you know it was gonna be brad or brad 2.0 you know <laughs> for so. some reason when you say that i think of like the terminator i don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i'm the terminator all right yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you know, so I'm so glad that you survived that. That's incredible. I, uh, I, I just, I, I, I cannot express, you know, what it's like to, you know, go through something like that and come out on the other side, okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, how have you 
I know that, I mean, it has to be incredibly hard having this diagnosis and I can't even imagine, like if I had had a major event like that right after I found out that I had VEDS, like how have you, how has that changed your life? Like how do you cope with that? Um, it depends on the day. Some days I cope better than others. Um, so I, I had mentioned before, I had owned my own business for 21 years and I was good at it. As a matter of fact, right before I was diagnosed, I received a, uh, basically a lifetime achievement award from the uh, county that I, I have my, um, um, my tavern in. And just this year I received that same award from the state of Wisconsin. Wow. So I'm obviously it's good at it, and I loved love doing it. I'm a very social person. I have to be amongst people to be happy. Yeah. And um, be, because of the stress and the situations that I put myself in, I was you know an owner of the place, but I was more of a grunt worker. You know that you know I was the plumber, the carpenter. You know the things that need to be get done that nobody really notices or you know cares to know about that was me and I could not do those jobs anymore you know um, so I had to sell, <laughs> sell the bar and to be honest with you I was very ugly and you know my wife she she meant how do I say this she wants what's best for me mm-hmm and what's best for me is to not own that bar. But I fought her. And I'll tell you what, um, this has been hard on our marriage, uh, hard on us. You know, here's this person uh, who you wake up next to, she's holding your hand, and she you know, wants what's you know, best for you, and here I am fighting her on this it's and I feel like a feel like a failure not in just the respects of um, how I you know how I lost the bar but how I treated her you know going against her yeah when she was looking out for the best in me or for me. So that's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. And so, you know, I pretty much, I, I, I didn't give up, you know, being around people. I traveled a lot this last year. Um, we started, our first trip was to Florida. I want to say that was in April. Then we went to California in June. July went down to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, August, I went to uh, Hawaii. We went to Hawaii as a family. Oh, nice. Um, got back. I went back down to New Orleans. And then um, I got to, I was invited by a group called CORE, Children of Restaurant Employees, who had, uh, they had gifted our son Arthur a uh, Disney cruise. And I was invited, my wife and I, were invited to speak on at uh, One World Trade Center on the 102nd floor. I got to give a speech. Wow. In one year, sorry, um, 
I went from pretty pretty lowest of a low to about as high as you can get. And uh, I consider myself, I don't want to say blessed because uh, very fortunate. You know, yeah, I have a hard time with blessed, but. Well, that's amazing. I'm really glad that you've been able to do that this year. It has to be, I mean, I can imagine the, I can't imagine the low of that and then having the high, like, and being able to travel. I mean, did that help? Oh, absolutely. It, it helps, but it's also very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm either going to have to you know, cut, curtail my traveling or find a job, but, you know. <laughs> But, you know, we're fortunate enough where, you know, it's it's not about the money or anything like that, but I'm going to have to find something to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, let me take you back. Um, since you weren't, since you were 47 when you were diagnosed. Correct. Yes. I mean, that's pretty late in life to be diagnosed with VEDS. Or is there anything that happened when you were younger? <laughs> That was due well, to bed, so you just didn't know? Yeah, well, here's a funny story. So about 15 years ago, um, I was my dad and I, uh, we owned the bar together. Uh, we were, bought a TV, and I'm, I'm just too cheap to pay for the delivery. So we put it on the back of my pickup truck. It was a big screen TV, and we would normally give it away for the Super Bowl. Well, we were bringing it back to uh, the bar that I owned and uh, lifting it off the uh, truck, and it slipped, and it snapped my neck back. Well, four days later, I got rushed to the hospital and uh, found out that I had a, a, a torn uh, carotid artery, and I had a six-inch clot up in my brain. Wow. Yeah. And at that time, we just thought it was a fluke. You know, nobody nobody mentioned anything about VADs or anything like that. And, you know, then my brother Tim passed away. You know, then you know the whole story. Who brought up the speed? Well, when they were operating on me, they noticed inside brachial arteries going into my, um, up into my neck were kind of screwed up. And... Uh, they say that that was an obvious uh, sign that uh, maybe they should or, sh you know, I don't know. I'm not going to second guess something that happened 15 years ago. And, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, talk about the ultimate Monday morning quarterback. I, I don't want to be that guy. But uh, um, so that was part of it. And I remember as a kid, too, you know, my brother Tim and I were pretty skinny kids and uh, I remember people making fun of us because we, you could see the blood vessels through our chest. Mm -hmm. You know, ooh, yeah. And I, you know, and at the time we just really never thought about it. You know, why would you? But obviously these are signs to look out for. My brother, Tim was double jointed. I guess you would call it, you know, you know, um, things like that. So he had more of the signs than I did. But, uh, again, that's, you know, second guessing history, I guess. I know. <laughs> it's easy to do here, you know, right now, but, you know, at the time, you know, my mom and dad didn't know. And then, uh, uh, a family history, my dad's mom 
my dad was obviously who we got it from because he's been diagnosed with it. But his mom died at age 61 of an aortic aneurysm. And, you know, at the time, nobody thought of it. So, but, uh, you know, history just keeps on repeating itself in this family, apparently. So. Wow. Did you have your kids tested? Yeah. Um, Jack, who's 18 years old, is negative. He does not have it. Sophia, who is 17 years old, is negative. She does not have it. Arthur, who is 14, does have it, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, Arthur has cerebral palsy. Like I said, can't walk, can't talk. Uh, fed through tube, all this good stuff. Um, in a way, it, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but it ends in our family with him. Yeah. You know, it. You know, Jack and Sophie, uh, from my understanding, cannot pass this along. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's an yeah. autosomal dominant gene. Yeah, and well, and my wife had me fixed for one of my birthdays. I forgot which one it was, but <laughs> what a present! <laughs> I'm not kidding you. She had a. Uh, we were friends with the doctor. She had a gift certificate made up and everything. Oh my gosh, that's that's hysterical. It is. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't know. I I think I've covered everything. Um. Do you have any questions for me? I just, I wanted to express how grateful I am that you shared that with me and with everybody because I know I could hear how difficult it was to repeat for you. And I really appreciate you sharing it with me. Well, it's, it's difficult. And I, I guess the emotion comes from me wanting to express my gratitude, my love, and to my wife and to my kids, mm -hmm. my mom and dad, my brother, heck, um, the doctors and the nurses. Oh my God, I couldn't, you know, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm just thank you. I'm really, I'm, I really am so glad that you survived that and got through it. And it's very special. <laughs> Thanks. You know, some mornings you wake up and you're like, eh, well, did that really happen? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, even a year later to wrap your head around it. Yeah, truly, now it's been almost uh, just about right at a year. Actually, yeah. Um, last week, Saturday, was the year uh, that I woke up from the coma. And then um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday I would have been shipped over to the uh, nursing home. So, yeah, we are, we're getting there. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And uh, thank you again for sharing your story. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This was Staying Connected, a podcast where I talk to other people about their stories with feds. This was Brad sharing his story, and I am so incredibly grateful for it. If you want to hear more episodes of this podcast, 
please subscribe to the channel. This is a monthly podcast, comes out on the last Sunday of the month. So um, thank you, and we'll see you soon.